people in Atlanta are just getting on busying themselves with lives or is it is there problems other problems well well you know it's really weird because um the 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 COVID consciousness as we'll call it uh, it, it almost varies by zip code I mean it, that's not an exaggeration sometimes by block yeah. so like we I mean I know that uh I know that your wonderful parliament just passed COVID, uh, uh, the passports. Okay. And um, the thing is, in Atlanta, the strip clubs and the nightclubs have been open. I worked in a nightclub when I first got down here. And wow. uh, it, it may shock you to learn that nobody was socially distancing or wearing masks <laughs> or trying to I'm make out. I'm stunned horrified. <laughs> yeah, you know, well, you, we, well, like I was working the door. I was a doorman. And we would have like maybe one or two people out of like thousands who would come up and be like, oh, this is a, a huge super spreader event. I can't, I, I can't do <laughs> this but everyone just wanted to party you know and it was yeah, as yeah. much as I, I hated that job um it was really gratifying to see everybody having a good time but yeah. the, the point is that like these places have been open and there's been no mass deaths they had a sign on the door that says by entering this establishment you assume the risk of contracting COVID-19 yeah. and that's pretty much it and uh, so then when they so you know I look at the UK and they're passing uh, or lots of places in Europe I guess where they're passing these they're yeah putting in these passports i'm like what are you doing doesn't make any sense no it doesn't no, no it doesn't no, no. no. The, U the uk thing is um is really bizarre and the and the the the, um, the covid passport thing it was the weird thing was it's been pushed through by the opposition i mean it's the it's the labor party that have enabled this right right i mean the labor party theoretically has a history of um defending you know liberty and freedom of speech and conscience and all gone all and, and that's all gone yeah overnight yeah uh, overnight the labor party are now the tory party and the tory party are now a non-party and the only opposition in the uk is is um you know there's the david davis and one or two others you know the liberals and the liberals yeah, yeah, yeah. um and interestingly enough the guy who was the leader of the labor party jeremy corbyn who i and i didn't really um uh, agree with anything he said when he was leader of the party but he's right. he's voted against these uh these uh, these vaccination passports so i find myself on on the same side as him mm. and it's interesting i think that, that he's one of the few people within the labor party who seems to have a set of principles not necessarily universal principles but certainly particular principles which he's which he's adhered to you know and it's uh but the, you're you're right europe i mean germany austria um, some of the Commonwealth countries like Canada, uh, Australia, New Zealand yeah. have all gone down it, really quickly into yeah. this dystopian horror. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. It is scary shit. Yeah. yeah. Well, well, then what, what was your um, what was your journey through this? Because I know that, uh, you know, I mean, I was in New York, like I said before, for the you know, I mean, I'd been there since 2006, but the first three months of 2020, um, I mean, I was totally, I mean, I was sanitizing my mail. I was sanitizing my <laughs> okay. groceries. I'm not, I'm not joking. Like I would, I would get home. I would like wipe down my phone and my keys. And, um, you know, my, I'm sure that the, my roommate thought I was insane because, you know, I, I had my, I still have some nitrile gloves that I had from, <laughs> that I stocked up from, but, you know, I was like disinfecting all the knobs and everything. And okay. I'm sure you thought I was nuts, but, but uh, were you, did, were you sort of taken in at, at the beginning or, or was there a point where you were like, this is weird? No, we um, maybe a little bit. We were patient with the first lockdown because we thought, okay, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt. We don't know what this. If there is something, we don't know what it is. Yeah. Um, I was staying at Richards, which is in a county called Berkshire, which is near Heathrow Airport, and you can see hear some of the planes come and go. So we're told that we're a country in lockdown. So after about three or four days, we're going, but the planes are still it's still here. All the planes coming. <laughs> 
<laughs> so in. we think, well, that's odd. So we go, we, we think, let's go, let's go to the airport. Let's go and have a look. Go up the airport. Not, not really busy, but a lot of flights coming in. A load of arrivals. A lot of flights coming in from China, uh, uh, northern Italy, all these places that we were told were the, were the bugaboos. Right. So I'm thinking, they've just had a, they've just, a flight from Beijing has just landed. Yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. What's all that about? Then? So, we, yeah, we didn't, we didn't really... That was the beginning of us beginning to think yeah. that it was all a bit of a nonsense. And yeah. then, you know, then we had... The, I don't know if it's different in the States, but we've had the Kent variant... And we've had the Delta variant, and now we've got the Omicron variant, and it, Alpha, and the Alpha. It, 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 it's, but it's the circus of the absurd. Yeah. It really, really is. Now. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I stopped thinking about this, taking it seriously, about a year ago. Yeah. About a year ago, yeah. uh, the second lockdown, I thought, nah, this is not making any sense. Particularly, as so many businesses were going out of business, yeah. out of business. We haven't worked as a band for two years because we won't play to a segregated audience. Yeah. Um, and the bizarre thing about this is that if this had happened five years ago and, and anybody had said, right, we're not going to play to an HIV positive audience, negative. you've got to be HIV negative yeah. to get in, everybody would have gone completely mad. Yeah. All the, all the trendies and all the, all the, you know, the tree-huggy types and all the people who read The Guardian over here, you know, would all be up in arms. This is absolutely terrible. But for some reason, COVID has got this special power... Yeah. to enable people to completely lose their reason. It has, yeah. It's yeah. bizarre. Yeah. We well, weren't on the same page for quite a while because I went down the, the rabbit hole quite a long time ago. So Rich and I have had an ongoing discussion and disagreements about New World Order, that sort of carry-on, for about the last 20 years. Not, nothing, not particularly heated, but we just didn't see eye to eye on it. Yeah. So I thought it was more chaos than yeah, Richard thought, Yeah, Richard thought it was more chaos theory, and I, I thought it was more malevolent than that. Yeah. And, so, then, wait, so, then what, so then, Fred, what sent you down the rabbit hole initially? The rabbit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I actually went down, I don't know why, I can't remember the first thing, but I just remember... I, uh, someone must have mentioned, I started listening to Alex Jones, very late 90s, early 2000s, all about Bohemian Grove. And then I sort of, I, I wasn't mad about his delivery. I, he shouts too much for me, but I thought he was interesting. And, um, and then, I, then I started listening to some other people, uh, particularly around the 9-11. I started a guy, there was a thing called the Power Hour. There was, um, then I got into Richie Allen. Then a bit later was James Corbett, um, 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 a media monarchy, different guys. And, um, and then I started listening to some whistleblowers like William Binney, those sort of guys, and Ray McGovern. So um, I started, and, and some of it started making sense to me. I mean, some of it didn't, but then I was listening to those people. I thought, well, this guy was head of NSA technical. With Mike Yeager. Yeah, and then now we have... CEO of Pfizer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, now we have Hello. Mike Yeager. And I saw, I thought, well, these, you know, these guys aren't ruining their lives for the fun of it. Um, so what, so I started looking a bit deeper and deeper. And then the, I, I think that we had this, this conversation the other day, when we, when the band first became very successful with I'm Too Sexy, we were surprised at how little we liked being famous. We thought we'd love it. Yeah. We thought, oh, this is going to be great. I like bits of it. Yeah, there were bits. <laughs> yeah, there were bits. There were little elements, but overall... Tables in restaurants. Yeah, but we didn't yeah. like we didn't like the record companies. We didn't yeah. like most of the other artists. We didn't like the, the BS and all the shallow kiss kiss. I think you're fabulous, darling. That whole thing. It, we didn't like it, and we knew we didn't like it within the first year. Didn't you like it when I said it to you? No, 
I didn't. didn't. No, I didn't, I, I didn't <laughs> fucking believe you either. Um, I think of Hamlet's dialogue. So, so <laughs> I, I think what there was a it was it was the seed was sown because we read stuff about us that just wasn't true. We read about it for years and years and years. They said stuff about us just wasn't true. We had AIDS when you know they said we had AIDS. We didn't. They said we were dying and we and we haven't weren't and didn't. <laughs> and didn't. You know, blah. They 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 said I was going out with someone underage. I wasn't. Blah blah. This whole shit went on. So then I suddenly thought, well, if they lie about us so readily, and clearly it, they've been lying about other people for years, they must be lying about other stuff. We, we, they haven't just singled us out. <laughs> this is an ongoing, this is an ongoing uh, process for, yeah, for exactly. a lot of mainstream media. And that's, I think, where the seed was sown. I think I, I woke up and thought, well, they can't just be lying yeah. about me. They haven't just the, picked me out. <laughs> no, the, the, problem, the big problem now, I think, is, I, don't know, I, mean, I think my guess is probably true in America, is that trust in almost every major institution has gone. That's, Bro, a, that's a huge problem for the future. Forget today, but in the future, if people don't trust politics and don't trust science and don't trust the police and don't trust the, the legal system, you are in a major shitstorm. Um, and I think politicians, I don't know America so well, but certainly over here, they have lied to such an extent that nobody believes a single word they say. They make up numbers all the time and apparently are glorious jelly-faced prime minister went into went into what they call the 1922 club which is a, a very influential group of mps within the tory party to try before the vote to try and jimmy them all up to, to you know to, to pass the vote and basically the opposition went up <laughs> and they were so disenchanted with him that uh, that the opposition within the tory party actually went up so we have a huge problem of credibility now in, in politics, in religion, in the whole thing. Judiciary, police. Everything, everything. There's a massive distrust, yeah. right? Even people, doesn't matter whether you're pro-vax or vax-free or whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter where you stand on this, there's a, there's a massive wave of people who say, well, I don't trust those people anymore. I can't, I can't trust them, you know? Yeah. Well, it, it's weird. It, it's weird in the United States because... Um, and I don't know if it's the same in the UK, but uh, things are so polarized here um, along yes. a, a lot. I mean, and I mean, the, the good thing about it is that I think there are people, I mean, like you just said, you're talking about you're aligning with Jeremy Corbyn right now. I'm, I'm someone as well who's like, yeah, I don't know about that guy. Yeah. But at the same time, I think there are a lot of people, you know, on on all who, who are coming from all kinds of the political spectrum who are saying like wait something is going on here but in in america i, I wouldn't say that uh, i would agree to an extent that um definitely the trust in institutions i mean the press is awful our our uh, our medical our public health apparatus uh, has been completely let's let's be charitable and say inconsistent um you know our, our politicians clearly i mean in new york city my former home or at least as i call it the city formerly known as new york uh, we had to replace one scumbag governor but now we have one who's even worse and uh, my friend sent me actually a list of um proposed bills uh that uh, that they want to pass in the new york state assembly and it's i mean it's it's crazy crazy stuff like you know mandating flu shots for for kids now and, and mandating everyone has to take these vaccines that we charitably call vaccines anyway and you know or the the right to uh deny people who choose to remain unvaccinated against covid uh, uh like in, insurance advantages or whatever uh, the right to imprison people i mean it's it's insane it's insane so what i'm getting at is that um, there, there is still trust in experts, and but, it, but it, it really it goes down party lines a lot of the times, and um, I think that in some ways, 
it, like it, it, it is dangerous if people, if there is no trust, there is no, nothing that you can really um, glom onto, but I, in some ways I wonder if it's worse here because there's, there's such, we're watching the same movies in some instances, we're not even watching the same movie, but we're getting we're, like, we're living in completely different realities. And it varies whether you're, you know, in a, in what we call a red state or more, you know, or more right-leaning, more Republican, okay. or moderate or whatever, or a blue state, which is, you know, total uh, sort of progressive um, um, yeah. uh, paradise, um, which, yeah. but they're not paradises now. They're, they're all becoming these weird COVIDian dystopias. Um, <laughs> and, yeah. But and and there seems to be like no no end in sight. It's just it's really really weird. And it is, um, it is yeah, it is. My, um, for me, the most staggering thing was the speed with which people um, succumbed to the propaganda and the and the and the, and the effectiveness of the propaganda. It was in, it was it's only been it's only been two years. You know, these changes you would think would be generational. I mean, particularly Australia and Canada or New Zealand, where these countries have gone into some kind of ghastly you know i mean you just can't get your head around it how awful it must be um well we're not allowed to talk about australia because apparently the people that uh have you seen uh, the controversy with like quillette and and claire lehman and all those people who are like no there that, nothing is happening in australia everything is fine so we apparently yes. we apparently we're wrong we're conspiracy theorists we just, <laughs> you know. i know well dan andrews has now got to go to court facing charges of fraud and uh, treason it was treason wasn't yes. it yeah, it's good. yeah, yes, within the last couple of days, yeah. I mean, but the thing is, there was a, there was a guy, I don't know he was American, Australian, but he was talking about um, the unvaccinated or the vaccine-free, whatever you want to call them. And he said, the thing to be clear about this new variant is it doesn't matter where you are, you could be living in the middle of the desert, it will find you. <laughs> <laughs> You've got a homing virus here, <laughs> apparently. <laughs> So I, the, for me, the whole thing just began to spin out of control in the last year. Yeah. Um, and when I see, I, mean, I don't know how you feel about America, but I've, I've been re-educated about my own country. I thought my own country was much more cynical, much more taciturn, much more um, disinclined to believe what politicians said. I thought the press was free. It clearly is not. Um, so I've learned a lot about my country. It's, a, it's actually quite a weak country. It's easily beguiled by mm -hmm. officialdom, and propaganda works on an awful lot, on, a lot, on a lot of people incredibly well. So when people look at we we used to say in the UK looking at Germany during the war, oh it couldn't happen here, Britain you know couldn't happen here. It could, it could easily easily easily, easily happen yeah, here. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I feel like what I've learned is that the people who call themselves liberals and progressives, uh, they actually aren't at all. Oh, and no. they, they don't hold those values. And, and you know, what, what's unique about America, uh, and I've joked on this uh, be, before, I don't know if you know uh, Lawrence Fox, the actor, but yes. I spoke to yeah, him no, recently. No. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I spoke to him recently. I, I apologize because I said, you know, whatever... Whatever we Amer whatever we in America flush down the cultural toilet somehow ends up, uh, you know, in, in across the pond. <laughs> so we have this. Uh, so we we so we have you know intense issues, peculiar issues around race. And what's been really interesting about this is that these so-called liberals and progressives who uh, who just a year ago, in the wake of uh, the death of George Floyd, uh, the uh, the young black the well youngish black man who was uh, um, killed in uh, Minneapolis. And uh, um, 
I was getting these emails from people, aggrieved white women who were just uh, terrified and, and they felt so bad on my behalf about how much I must be struggling and suffering because of my race, you know, and being a black man in America. But now these same people don't even want me to come to work, to, to work alongside them in the theater. They don't want people uh, who, they don't want me to come inside the bars and restaurants. And so, so they've, they've, they've betrayed their principles. What I've learned about my country is that the people who claim to be on the side of freedom and, and liberty, they seem to be clustering on the center and on the right right yes. now. And uh, the people who are, who are on the left, who we, who I guess would be characterized as more free, freewheeling, carefree kind of uh, um, freeing, free spirits or whatever have, have been the most authoritarian, totalitarian, anti-science cultish, people. And I, I would extend that to, because um, I would love to get your thoughts about this, you know, in, in the arts and entertainment industry. Um, uh, you said that, you know, what, what you learned about your country, like, I thought that New Yorkers, New Yorkers were going to be the tough, you know, oh. resilient people who are going to be like, what? You know, I mean, New York is basically like, what, you want me to stay inside? You want me to do this? You know what? Fuck you. I'm not doing that. <laughs> like, that's, that's New York, but now New York is just we're gonna we're gonna stay inside and we're gonna wait. We're gonna wait, and there were so many people in the theater industry and entertainment um, specifically who were like, "We're just going to wait and wait and wait." Now, I will say the on-camera industry they got back going um, a little bit more quickly. That they're they're able to kind of get around it, but there there's also a lot more money at play. But I mean, I I mean I I. I, I I've been so disappointed in my fellow artists and entertainers because aren't we supposed to be the people who are like, you know, pushing back against the system? Or, you yeah. know, we're supposed to be controversial. Like, what the hell happened? That's what I'm. That's what I'm curious about. We were, that's the show for us. Yeah, we, we've often talked about this because if you go back into the you know the, the race riot period in America or the Vietnam or whatever, it's pop and rock was at the forefront of the kickback. Um, and, and the commentary, it provided the commentary and the, and the backdrop to a lot of this. And it was very, very typical for artists and expected of artists to, to kick up the dust. And now, if you, in our position, it, it, it's, it's, we're saying what we think and we are controversial. Apparently, it's yeah. controversial to say what you think. It's controversial to, to think, to say that your prime minister is a lying fraud. Back in the 60s, everybody said that. Yeah. Everybody in pop yeah. said that. Joan Byers and Bob Dylan, mm. they, they all knew that. But now we've got the most appalling collection of celebs who will do anything. I mean, I, I hate to say this, but they will do anything yeah. for a check. But yeah, well, I, they, I, I, I mean, what's interesting in the UK is the usual voices with there's a, there's a um, you've heard a band called Oasis who were two brothers, the Gallagher, um, Gallagher brothers, Liam and uh, Noel. Noel. And um, they have an opinion about everything. You know, it could be a, a sunny day, a rainy day. It could, it could be about blue shoes, brown. They will have an opinion on everything. But, but come no. the vaccine, <laughs> tumbleweed. Yeah. You know, they've, they've spoken out a little bit about, about the lockdown. But, um, you know, it's it, 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 the, the usual suspects, like another one called Lily Allen, a guy called Stormzy, they are all incredibly quiet and they're seemingly just towing the corporate line. Well, there's a band doing what they're told. What was so funny is a band called Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine, who would only play vaccinated gigs. <laughs> Hello. I love that. That's the rage for you. Yeah. Really. Uh, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, but you know, back in the day, pre people who, in, from a religious point of view, people were burnt at the stake for what they believed in. 
That's what it was. And there was a priest the other day, I think a religious guy saying, back in the day, you gave your life for freedom. Now you give your freedom for life. And that's what it is. Yes. That's what it is. We have become so completely compliant and the, and the media is complicit in, in almost every aspect of uh, governmental propaganda. We have it all the time. I mean, you, even with that bird, that, what, the, that yellow bird thing. What is Big it? bird? Big bird, yeah, they, they, yeah you know, who injects his wing and all this. And you had this ludicrous thing the other week, just a, a few, about, about a week ago, where Fauci was recorded talking to a, um, a child. No, he was talking to a couple of banker men and women. Oh, oh men and women. Saying he had spoken to Oh, a he child. had spoken. Sorry, okay. Sorry, yeah. And he was saying, I've spoken to a child who was very worried about Christmas and not being able to get his presents and all that kind of stuff. So he said, I told this person that I've personally taken a trip to the North Pole and I have vaccinated Santa Claus myself. Now, yes, he did. Yes. This is Dr. Fauci. This is what he said. The man is completely insane. But, but, and in any normal society, in any proper society, he would be in the stocks with people throwing cabbages at him. But we put up with it. I don't know why Trump didn't sack him. Why was that? Yeah. You know? In, if, I mean, the, 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 a lot of criticism I see from, uh, from the former, um, from the from the MAGA crowd is they're they're angry at Trump for not getting rid of uh, yeah. from not from not getting rid of Fauci, and yeah. honestly, um, <clears throat> you know it's I, I don't think anyone had any reason to suspect that this that this tiny impish uh, uh, geriatric uh, sort of unbecoming guy who's been in the system for so long uh, I don't think anybody suspected he would be so awful, but then. Um, so there was a, a, a an LGBT rights activist named Larry Kramer. I don't know if you're familiar with him, but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he wrote the right. normal heart. Yeah. Right, right. He wrote he wrote the normal heart. Uh, took New York City by storm. Uh, there was yeah. a revival of it uh, just a few years ago here. Well, not here in New York. I'm not in New York anymore, but I'm not welcome. Uh, but uh, uh, but you know, just very very outspoken and and dynamic and just fiery fiery activist and writer and journalist. And he wrote this op ed. Um, not, not an op-ed, it was an open letter to Anthony Fauci that the Village Voice published back in the late 80s. And once you begin to go down the AIDS and HIV and Fau slash Fauci rabbit hole, That's right. um, you, you read that, you know, you read that letter, the, you see some of the parallels between then and now, uh, such as recommending therapeutics that seem not only not to work, but cause more harm than good. Yeah. Um, then you begin to wonder, like, why the hell is this guy here? Who who put this dude in charge? And then yeah. on top of that, what is it with this weird fascination, this almost, I would call it a fetish almost, that people have with worshiping Anthony Fauci? Yeah. Why are we not allowed to say anything about him? Why is it that he can get on television and more than once proclaim that he represents science? Like, <laughs> Like, who are you? You know, so I, I don't know why this guy seems so untouchable, especially now that we can if the, the most polite thing I can say about him is that um, he's been inconsistent. But then again, the cult just says, well, you know, the science changed. Oh, really? It changed from <laughs> masks. Don't do anything to wear three masks in your car. It, it changed that much. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I think I can only assume that in some of the episodes where Donald Trump was misbehaving in a bedroom somewhere that Fauci was actually under the bed. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Recording what was going on. Camera. <laughs> yes. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think we can, what we see in, in public is the tip of the iceberg. I think the, the stuff that's going on behind the scenes, particularly with the major, pharm the big pharmaceuticals, the amount of clout that they have. Um, I think it was the Prime Minister of Belarus, I think, about it, uh, nine months ago, 
claimed that he was promised some vast amount of money to push all this through, push to, through, to push yeah. the vaccine mm -hmm. through. Now, I think my personal view is that that's probably true of an awful lot of politicians. And the story over here, and I don't know whether it's true, I'm just repeating what I've heard, is that uh, um, Johnson has been promised around 250 million to push this through before he before he leaves office. Yeah. Now, if you look at the amount of money that the that these giant pharmaceuticals are making, they can hand out money like that yes, without, without it really making a pinch. Or just get the Federal Reserve to print it. Yeah, I mean, it's not really that, <laughs> you know. So I, for me, once it once you saw the Trudeau and Merkel and all the rest from talking about build back better, once I heard that phrase repeated by these people, that's when I started to sniff a, a rat. I just thought this doesn't make any sense. It's not, it doesn't make any sense at all. Mm. To put it down to coincidence is really pushing credibility too far. So that's I think you, you went in answer to your question earlier about when when I came on board. It was when I started hearing that, and then I started looking at the madman Trudeau and why Canadians re-elected that nutter. I've got absolutely no maybe idea. They did, maybe they didn't. Or maybe they didn't. You well, know? it's because he's so cute. You know, yeah. he's, just, he's so pretty. <laughs> Yeah, and and on top of all of that, he has an enormous fake big black dick. Yeah, <laughs> oh. that's, a that's a useful thing to know. Yeah, was that have, is that on his was you, that on his manifesto? You, his manifesto. Do you have the <laughs> do you have the photographs? Because if yeah. you do, they should be on opera. No, no, there's there's literally. So I, do you know? Do you remember the whole like blackface? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, blackface. Yeah. yeah. So th there's one of these pictures where he has like a fro on and he's, you know, he's totally blacked up and it looks like it may be a trick of the lighting, but it looks like, <laughs> like, like, like literally like there's holes in his knee and in, in, in the knees of his jeans, which are yeah. also blacked. But then <laughs> it looks like there's this gigantic fucking cock just sitting there. <laughs> I didn't see that. On his thigh. I'm like, this dude went the whole way with the stereotype. So he yeah. is committed to, to certain things, just maybe not. <laughs> to yeah. Put a lot of work in that one. Yeah. I mean, I just, I suppose that was, uh, that was when I suddenly thought this is not not quite right. And I, I at the beginning, when I heard all the stories about depopulation and all that kind of stuff, I I, I just poo pooed it. I didn't think that was serious. But the minute they started going after kids, that's when I started to think, hold on a second. Yeah. Why would you? Because right at the beginning of this, children were regarded as being very very low risk. I mean, almost no risk at all. Um, and it was it was vulnerable adults and people over sixty and all that kind of stuff, you know. And then so children were pretty much uh, excluded from this from this thing. And then and then when they started going after kids and you know it, sort of five to eleven year olds, and then you know you know exactly what's going to happen. Once they get to five, it's going to go down to newborns. Yeah. And I just thought this is yeah. this begins to stink. And I don't. It's a bit like you don't need to be a five you know like a a, 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 a major chef. To know when the food is off, you really don't know how to. You don't need, you know, you don't need to know how to cook to know the fish stinks and this stinks. I'm not a scientist. I'm not. I'm not a specialist in any particular area apart from what we do as a living. Um, but it stinks. It just yeah. is just quarantine camps in Australia. People getting thrown off a ferry because they haven't got a mask on. Five people arrested in um, New York yesterday for eating a cheesecake without without being vaccinated, all arrested. I mean, it's, it's, mm. it's the madhouse. It's interesting. We, there's a friend of ours who's a Franciscan monk, and uh, he wears the habit. He's got the big wooden cross. If you took a picture in black and white, it would look like something from two or 300 years ago. Oh, yeah. And he's a mountain of a man. He's a really big guy. Yeah. And um, while well, I was chatting to him just about three weeks ago, we were saying, yeah, where, where, yeah what's your feelings? And he said, he said, it's what we've been telling you for myself and my brothers for hundreds of years, there will come a time when Satan and, and God will fight. 
And this is this is satanic, and we are now in the middle of a, of a ver evil versus God, good. evil good, evil versus good war. And you can't. There's nothing. I'm not saying he's right or wrong. I'm just. What was interesting is he's complete and utter. He's convinced that this is what you can't. This is what it is. You can't yeah. say anything to him where he that changes his or or makes him think twice. No. This is what's going on. It, it's the rise of Satan, and and good will have to crush it. Yeah. That's what he believes. You know what? What's fascinating about that is, um, I mean, I'm an atheist. I'm pretty staunchly so, but and I've had this theme recur in a lot of my conversations. Many of my my listeners uh, might be tired of hearing me say that, but I have been so um, confused because just in terms of trying to put together or make sense out of everything that's been happening, and the only word that I keep that I can really settle on that seems to capture it is the word evil. Yeah, and you know, and as somebody, I think you know another aspect of this is that it's if this had been maybe a year ago, two years ago, uh, I would have taken the warnings of of uh, of your uh, reverend friend, shall we say? Uh, I would have been like, "What are you, Satan? I mean, come on, what are you talking about? Like, you know, believe what you believe." But but at the same time, it becomes harder and harder for me to describe the a lot of what I see in any other way. I mean, I think there are there, there have been some useful theories um, to sort of try and formulate some kind of concrete uh, notion of what's going on. I mean, we're talking a lot lately about mass psychosis or mass delusion, excuse yeah. me, mass formation. Um, I will say, though, going back to, because you, um, I believe it was Richard, you mentioned uh, uh, depopulation. And, yeah. you know, so you know that people are going to come back and say, well, that's just a conspiracy theory. And, and no one would, no one is really trying to make people die on a mass scale like that. Um, so I guess, and I, I, I will say that I've been, you know, I've been one of my guilty pleasures lately has been watching um, some more of these sort of alternative channels, including like Alex Jones and, and David right. Icke. And, you know, I, I take it with a huge, huge grain of salt. But what would you say to people who say that that's, you know, that th these sorts of notions are are nonsense and they don't make sense? It's just it's just that they're incompetent um, and or the a more charitable explanation is um, they are they're just locked in an ideology and they've convinced themselves that, for instance, these vaccines, so to speak, are the only way uh, out and they'll 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 come to their senses in time and things will will straighten out. I mean, right. what do you, you like? Do you understand what I'm trying to say? I yes, do, I do, yes, I do. I mean, I I recently listened to Dr. Peter McGulloch on the Joe Rogan show, and uh, he was saying, he, and he's kind of had a similar conversation. And he said, well, how do we explain the sudden burning down of the second biggest warehouse of hydro? I could never say hydrochloroquine. Hydrochloroquine. Biggest is the second biggest uh, warehouse in the world in Taipei. He said suddenly it was burnt down. Right. It became illegal for chemists and doctors to prescribe it in Australia. So what you'd have to say is, hang about, if we've got uh, an FDA approved drug in in that and in uh, ivermectin, um, and they're both uh, they they've both been through years and years of different trials. Um, then why wouldn't we look at those? Why are we? Why? What is the purpose of demonising people, demonising certain medication, demonising certain factions of the of of science and 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 medicine? And then you'd have to say, well, hang on, there must be um, there must be a motive. 
Um, and if there's a motive, who is driving that motive? And then, and then if you start going back through that, the motive have to would only come from people. It's not driven by um, an inanimate object. So who are these people? And, and then you go back to the, um, who benefits from this? And then you're right back in the same conversation, big pharma, banks, uh, the elite, um, certain politicians. Well, and then you'd have to say to people, well, if it's incompetence, are we meant to believe this incompetence has been choreographed and orchestrated all around the world. Is that what we're meant to believe? If it's if it if it was one government making a fucking pig's ear of it, yeah, I agree. Then, then I'd go, yeah, that's incompetence. But are we meant to believe that, that this very same incompetence is happening in Austria, Germany, Switzerland, France, Italy, Spain, the UK, Ireland, America, Canada, New Zealand, etc., etc., etc.? Are we meant to believe this is a, a a universal incompetence that happens to be all at the same time? No, I, th I think it's... That's uh, impossible to believe. Yeah, I think also, the th if, I mean, when, you know, you were talking about people, you know, the, the lack of credibility that, that some of the con early conspiracies theories had. And I always think if you go back, go way back in time to Galileo, I mean, people like, you know, he decided that actually the sun doesn't go around the earth, it's the other way around, mate. You know, that the earth goes around the sun. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Off with his head. Kill him! Kill him! Because <laughs> he's saying something that we don't approve of. But actually, as time goes on, now we know that it's the truth. So it's very often that what, what you perceive as being a lunatic who's shouting alone is the one you need to listen yeah. to. Um, and so David Icke, I, I, I'm the lizard thing, that whole thing he went through with the lizard people and everything, I'm, I don't buy into that at all. But you have to say, in a large part of what he said, um, has come to fruition. It really has. Same with Alex Jones. And it's the same with Alex Jones. So James Corbett. I don't... I like lunatics shouting in the distance because sometimes they are the ones that see the truth and the herd are deaf to it, you know? Yeah, there, there definitely has been a, um, I mean, I think of it in terms of heresy. It's like there's this huge uh, religion that's formed around, I mean, not just COVID, but frankly, um, these vaccines and even vaccines in general. Uh, I commented on that the other day on Twitter. You know, there's a strange sort of religiosity. You, you, can, you can never question no. Um, you know, it, it, it's it's sacrilege to to question is, uh, yeah. vaccines or anything like that. Um, <clears throat> yeah, but it's it's tough because I've become one of those people now. And I, I was speaking to a friend about this. Like, am I am, am I the one who's going insane, or <laughs> is it is it just that? And and it's funny because as an actor, I say this a lot: is that you know th there there are so many things that happen in a, in our daily lives that if they were scripted, you would not believe it. Um, you know, the truth is always stranger than uh, fiction. It's way more yes. interesting. And it, is it is it the case where, and honestly, it, it's weird because I'm thinking of uh, Jeffrey Epstein right now. All, we, we going all we went all the way. I know Ghislaine Maxwell's on trial, but you know, I was talking to a friend. Um, uh, you know, we we my 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 older actor friend, uh, a lo lovely gentleman in, in his sixties. You know, we we'd like pack a bowl and um, and just uh, talk about the, talk about life. And um, he asked me about like the whole Epstein thing. And I was like, too many of these things don't make sense. There are too many coincidences that that just that just line up perfectly uh, to, to his quote unquote suicide. And to me, that was such a disturbing story because it showed me what powerful people get up to when, you know, when they're left to their own devices, but also yeah. what they will do to protect and hold on to that power. Yeah. So, I, so I find myself in the position of not wanting to subscribe to what are normally called like fringe or extreme uh, conspiracy theories. At the same time, um, increasingly, it seems that some of these 
insane theories are are just merely accurately describing what's going on because the reality is so insane. Exactly. And uh, so, so now I'm at, I'm at a point where, and I think this is a bigger crisis too, because it, you we mentioned before about the loss of trust in institutions, but it's also, I mean, I think on the on the broader scale, it's, it's a loss of trust in base reality. Like, what what can we believe? Who can we believe? Yeah. What what can we trust is real? And I think that's sort of a a, a thing that's weighing heavily on me right now. Yes, yeah, so we, we had a right at the very beginning of this, our prime minister. Uh, was rushed to hospital with COVID-19. Right. Rushed to the people, it was not a private hospital, the People's Hospital, uh, St. Thomas's, I think it was, in London. And he was rushed there and got all the staff to sign an NDA and blah, blah, blah. And at the time, I just believed it. I just, too. I, yeah, I just, oh, we, oh my Lord, he's, 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 you know, he's taken ill, the poor old bugger, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm thinking, actually, I don't believe it. I don't believe, because I think the lies now are so universal and, and go so deep um, the timing of his supposed illness was so perfect yeah. to drive the paranoia and the fear. That's just what they needed. The prime minister himself to come down with this thing. Mm -hmm. It's exactly what you want. So, um, as you say, the problem now is that almost everything becomes questionable. Uh, you have an expert on TV and then you suddenly think, well, who's paying him or her? Yeah, you have exactly. a politician on TV, who's paying him or her? Same as scientists, everybody. Everybody. Everything mm. is so corrupted. Um, and I was watching a, a clip earlier of um, Martin Luther King, um, the, you know, the I Have a Dream speech, and also um, John F. Kennedy um, talking about going to the moon. And that level of politician, that level of commitment, that level of um, intellect, if you like, is gone. We now, we now have, we just have ciphers. We have idiots like Biden. We have idiots, not an idiot, but you know, they're not, they're not weighty people. They're not serious people. And in the UK, you know, if you actually, I don't you know, you're not familiar with the UK and politicians particularly, but let's try and imagine that Johnson was not the prime minister. He went away and resigned or whatever. Who would we want? There's nobody. We haven't got anyone in the, well, there's, there's one or two in the one house. One or two in the they'll house. Ne they'll never get them. No, 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 they're, they're too independent minded. Yeah. So it's that level of. Um, yeah, and then you have to think, okay, now we've got people acting so, it's, it, it, they're so coordinated. Who's driven, who's driving that coordination? So who's getting, you know, we've got 650 MPs. Let's say, let's say you've got five moving in sort of some sort of synchronicity. Who is creating that? How does that happen? Because that's a pretty tough gig to achieve. So is that big pharma? Is it a foreign entity? I don't mean aliens. I mean, is it China? Is it is it is it Russia? Is it is it, is it an amalgam? Is it is it the financial elite? I, I've got no friggin' idea. But to make this whole to, to, to synchronize this, there's been a lot of planning, a lot of this thought, years. and 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 some major players have to be involved. It doesn't just happen no. through a, um, a, a coincidental a coincidence of incompetence. That that. That theory is bollocks, and I think we just need to throw it away and yeah. and, and and look at what the fuck is going on. I, th I think also I think great you know great nations like America and Great Britain, which is I, mean, I don't know whether you've seen the Trafalgar Square Christmas tree this year. Oh it's not yet. Star well, no, no, no. It's been starved of water for at least a year. <laughs> it looks like it looks like it's lost oh. all its needles. Seriously, it, it's the saddest, most pathetic-looking thing you've ever seen, and it is. I have to tell you. And a physical manifestation of this country it is. as it stands right now. Yeah. And it's a great shame when great nations are, are struggling to find leaders worthy of the name. Yes. And we don't have we don't have any political leaders 
uh, in, the, in the offing that are worthy of the name. Um, and it's, it's a great tragedy. You have to go back about 30 or 40 years to mm. find politicians that have gravitas, you know, um, who can, have... Can I, can I ask you, we're, on this side of the pond, we're hearing a lot about the more liberal approach um, from Texas, as an example, from uh, uh, DeSantis, um, with certainly people like uh, Candace Owens, how much weight or how much profile do they get? Is the are what we're hearing is that a true rep, a, a representation of what's happening in Florida and Texas? And well, what, what's what's fascinating is that you you have said that um, that Ron DeSantis is taking a more liberal approach, but here in America, Ron DeSantis is considered a conservative, a, a i.e. on the right uh, side of politics. Right. And um, so I'll, I'll I'll get to that, but it's it's interesting because um, I, I just when you were talking about Boris Johnson going to the hospital, I thought about um, when Donald Trump came down with uh, with covid and the reaction to that and uh people pretty much hated that he got well and uh, <laughs> i know we saw that yeah and and um you know which which i just thought that was funny in contrast to people being like oh oh no you know bojo is in the uh, oh no bojo is uh, is in the hospital <laughs> right now i hope he i hope he gets well but you know but that sort of gives you an idea of what the atmosphere is like over here but um I think it's interesting because I I agree um, from an American perspective that, it, that we seem to have a paucity of like strong leaders. I mean, the Democrats right now, the Democratic Party, that the left party, I suppose you you would call it, um, the formerly liberal party over yeah. here. Um, I don't know who they're going to present. Um, I mean, we have our midterms coming up. Probably going to see a lot of congressional uh, shuffling going on there because no one likes the Democrats anymore. Um, <laughs> but. Uh, but on the national level, I don't know who the Democrats are going to run for next president. Uh, they're talking about people like Kamala, who nobody likes, or Pete Buttigieg, uh, who is our current uh, Secretary of Transportation, who, uh, I mean, you know, no one cares about Pete Buttigieg, um, except for, you know, crass, ribald, uh, uh, butt sex jokes. And um, then there's, on the Republican side, as far as the presidency goes, it's really down to either Ron DeSantis or Donald Trump. And, yeah. um, you know, a lot of people don't even want Trump to run again because because the reaction to him is so polarizing. Meanwhile, DeSantis comes along and it, and it seems to me, I don't know how he's perceived overseas, but to me, it seems like Ron DeSantis is, is one of the few people on a major stage who, who has a major uh, position in the United States um, who maybe even the world who is standing up and saying, we are not going to discriminate against people. We're not going to have them lose their jobs if they don't want this. We're going to focus on a, we're going to focus on the data. We're going to, you know, get our older population vaccinated if they want to. We're not going to force anybody to do this. Um, you know, and I mean, he's saying all of the right things right now to where I'm seeing a lot of, a lot of, for, a lot of former Democrats who are just saying, you know what, I've been a lifelong Democrat and I believe in all this stuff, but I'm a single issue voter now and yeah. I'm going to go for the Republican Party. I'm going to go for Ron DeSantis. Uh, as far as how he's portrayed, same with Candace Owens. Um, Candace, um, unlike DeSantis, um, I mean, she's she's very much a firebrand. She's much more. She's very strident. That's also it's a double edged sword. I think she's very effective, but she also can be off putting to people because of that sometimes. But um, it, but you need unapologetic people like that who are unafraid of what the New York Times or what the quote unquote liberal left are going to say. And to answer your question, I mean, the way that they're portrayed here, they're they're demonized, they're vilified. 
Um, I try to explain to people without sounding like a conspiracy theorist that you have this small cluster of people, you know, I mean, think about the kinds of people that, or the number of people that become celebrities, uh, you know, famous athletes, actors, singers, politicians, uh, academicians, university professors, um, writers, journalists, so on and so forth. You have this small cluster of people compared to the larger population, uh, but this small cluster of people has a disproportionate impact on the, the cultural conversation. So I think what What's happening is that you have this small, uh, I'll call them congregation of people. I'll, I'll include Silicon Valley, you know, the Twitters and Googles of the world in this, who are controlling so much of the conversation, but people like Ron DeSantis and Candace Owens are saying things that the majority of people actually think. So there's a weird sort of um, clash and push-pull that, that's going on right now. But, um, you know, but everyone, everyone on the left, um, thinks that they, I shouldn't speak so broadly, but they think that people like Ron DeSantis and Candace Owens are like, here, like here's, here's how stupid things are right now. So the former governor of New York, um, Andrew Cuomo, AKA scumbag. Yeah. Now I, I've been on, I've been on his case. I was on his case like last, as early as like last May. Cause I was like, wow. something's going on here. There was that whole scandal. I don't know if you heard about it where he pretty much, um, he, sent uh, uh, patients into nursing homes and caused like tens of thousands more deaths. His own attorney general did a re released a report showing that not only did he do that, but then he ended up trying to fudge the numbers and cover them up. But, uh, but while this was all happening, if you said anything about that, you were, you were again dismissed as a right-wing conspiracy theorist. Um, they gave this guy an Emmy award. He, he was able to sell a book. He was called America's governor. Um, now, Ron DeSantis is being accused of all the things that Andrew Cuomo was actually doing, but nobody cares about. So like, they, so like they, they can't accept that Florida, the state of Florida is doing, is doing really well as far as their COVID uh, is yeah. concerned, their, their COVID response is concerned. And people are just, and people are moving down there. They're moving to Texas in droves because it's just free down there. People don't want to be oppressed. Um, and, but they, but they hate, I mean, they, they, there was a, there was an ad that came that, that went around, um, that featured Ron DeSantis, and they literally portrayed DeSantis's uh, proclamations of about freedom and like you know and personal liberty as like bad things. Like, that. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, what we're are getting you a, doing? yeah, we're, we're getting a simple similar thing over here. I mean, just from um, from a marketing point of view, if you're just looking at how politics is sold, Candace Owens, female, black, pretty, smart. That's a pretty strong skill set isn't it in terms of uh, politics that's you, you've got it from a pr point of view and a marketing point of view they must be looking at think thinking yes let me represent her <laughs> well you know you know what happens and this is sort of a digression but it's funny because on one hand you you know the the quote-unquote um liberal or progressive left they're always looking for a strong woman of color now candace yeah. owens comes on who actually embodies those traits and of yes. course they, they they completely despise her but then what happens is that on the right um, it's kind of weird because then they they glom on to people like like Candace and even like myself, to be frank, or a Zuby, and they say, "Look, here's someone who is black who thinks like us." Yeah. You know, so we we are we're not racist, we're not racist, and it's just like, <laughs> okay, man, like so. So there's there's a weird kind of chicanery on on both sides of the issue, but um, that the thing about Candace, um, you know, and I'm sure that we, I haven't met her, but I'm sure we're, we're on path to to meet at some point. Yeah. Um, you know, she's just. Again, she's just unapologetic, and she just doesn't take any any BS from anybody. But yeah, um, yeah. but yeah, but but I think again, just just the, the total package is one of the reasons that like 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 you were saying, Fred, that she's so she's so effective.
Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one, yeah. Of the, one of the things I, I, I liked about Trump, I have to say, is that the, one of the fact that, and I think it appealed to a lot of people, was that he wasn't from the political school, like as opposed to Biden, who'd been, I think Biden said that he'd been in politics for 350 years. <laughs> Very likely. <laughs> which, is, which is longer than I was expecting him to say. But um, what I liked about Trump, he, 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 you know, when he came, came out of this uh, COVID thing, he said that he was treated with hydrochloroquine. And everybody booed, and one of these big rallies, everybody booed. And in fairness to him, he said, no, 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 no. He said, I'm not telling you to do this. I'm telling you what I did. I'm not saying you should do it. I'm just telling you what I did. The difference between that and Biden is you do what I tell you. Yeah. And that's a very, very different thing. And unfortunately, in the, in, in, uh, in the UK, we have a government which right from the very beginning has decided to avoid the question of choice avoid the question of freedom of conscience, avoid liberty and privacy and all these fundamental truths and principles, basically, by, and they, they've just gone straight down the line and said, you do what we say. And if you don't do what we say, we will make your life really expensive. We will sack you. We will, we will, we will do whatever it takes to make not taking the vaccine really, really difficult. I mean, we've, we've got doctors so, here now saying between now and Christmas, the only thing we want to see you with is to get your boost all your other issues must be dealt with elsewhere. They're actually putting notices on their doors. So if you rock up with a kidney problem or whatever, basically saying we're not going to see you. Not until, not until the new year. Not until the new year. It is extraordinary. Yeah. There's, a, you know. there's a, um, an oncologist over here, um, Carl... Um, sort of, oh, um, Carol Sikora. Carol Sikora. And he reckons there are 50,000 people in the UK with cancer that don't even know it yet. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, because they yeah. because they have not had any consultations mm, or that's right yeah, yeah. so you know and uh, same with my brother's daughter is a doctor and she was saying one of the issues is rheumatoid arthritis yeah if you catch rheumatoid arthritis quickly and early you can the success the treatments can be quite successful and cheap and cheap the trouble is people aren't presenting themselves they're not going to appoint appointments so further down the line we're going to have a massive influx of people yeah. with rheumatoid arthritis related problems yeah, um, and, and it is this monomania about covid which is very very strange and i think it's i i um, i don't believe this is about covid anymore i think this is about using a virus and using a fear of a virus to control people and manipulate people and encourage them to go down this route to a kind of quasi chinese surveillance society i think that's what it is i don't think there's uh, we are completely refusing to see the elephant in the room mm. if we don't admit that this is something much more bizarre and much darker than merely fighting a virus mm. well yeah you know it's um and it's really difficult for people to understand that but you know i i haven't owned a television in over a decade and it's probably one of the best decisions that i've made um, <laughs> but whenever i tune into you know the the tv or or the radio um, I did a radio program uh, the other night and every single advertisement right now, I mean, I've never seen this level of, uh, we'll call it messaging or, or advertising. Yeah. We, we won't call it propaganda because that would be uh, impolite. But, um, but every, almost every ad was about, um, you know, going to get your vaccine and, and yeah. how horrible COVID was. And don't you want, there, there was somebody, um, there's a guy on Twitter, Eli Klein, who's a, an art gallery, an, an art dealer in New York City who has sort of become a warrior because he's, he's just fearless and just debunking these stupid Twitter MDs and experts who don't know anything. 
And um, he retweeted this commercial from uh, from New York City, where it features a bunch of teens. And there's, there's this voiceover that's like, you know, uh, do you want your child? Don't you want your child to be to resume being a teenager? And and you don't want them to be, you know, isolated. It's just it's so bizarre. But so what I'm getting at is the level of propaganda and the level of fear. Like if you live in New York City, um, if people are outside of it, they don't understand that if on the island of Manhattan, if you know, once you leave your apartment building, you're you're seeing arrows on the sidewalks telling you where to where to walk. You're seeing yeah. circles telling you where to stand. Um, there are all these uh, businesses that are like kind of shut down, but all these uh, all these advertisements on buses, on taxi cabs, digital announcements on the subway, vo uh, voice announcements telling you to you know wear your mask correctly and and to socially distance and to get your vaccine. So what I'm saying is that there's. I've been shocked when I when I plug myself back into the matrix. There's so many, there's so much propaganda. It's so hypersaturated, so that that I understand that people um, are just afraid and not thinking. I understand why they're not being rational right now. But then the question becomes, like, who is paying for all these advertisements? And what is the aim of of doing all of this? And you know, I, I'm I'm like you for months now, I've been saying, and there are people on what we call team reality that are beginning to catch up to me and my sort of anger at, at saying this, because again, it sounds so extraordinary and it sounds so insane. But uh, I would try to explain early on, once my skepticism began um, to leftists, I would say, remember what the Republicans did after 9-11 and yeah. they instituted all these powers and the, the Patriot Act and all this mass right. surveillance under the guise of keeping us safe. And we still have to go to the airport and deal with all this nonsense because of that. And we still and then but then Barack Obama got into office. I voted for Barack Obama and we wanted him to be the anti Bush. He was going to end this war on terror and he's going to end this mass surveillance or whatever. But he ends up presiding over a kill list and destroying North uh, North Africa, uh, uh, destroying Libya. And yeah. uh, on top of that, Edward Snowden reveals that he's sitting on top of one of the largest mass surveillance systems we have ever, ever seen. So the point is, once these governments begin to seize these kinds of powers, they don't really give them up. And people people weren't even trying to hear that even a year ago because it was all about, well, you just want grandma to die. And it's like, no, I want grandma to live. I also want her and her grandchildren to be free like I was when I was a kid. And you know, when, when people say that it's about control, um, I think it's kind of hard for them to grasp, but it, another way to look at it is that they are implementing systems of control. They're, they're, they're putting in place, they're using the virus as a vehicle to put into place these structures and systems like the passports, the QR codes yeah. um, that will probably be used uh, or, right. or exploited down the line. And so, so my resistance and my hesitancy, it's not just about as far as at least the vaccines go or mass vaccination or this compulsory vaccination. It's not about, um, it's less about the medical necessity for which for me, I'm COVID recovered and I'm young and I'm in shape. So there really is none. It's yeah. just, do you want to set the precedent where the state can tell you what you can put inside your body? And on top of that, you have these third parties, you know, who are, who are making bank off of testing and off of, you know, these QR codes and apps and all this other yeah. shit, you know, <laughs> do I want to enrich these people? And do I want to participate in this system? Because now they're, they're going all around. My, my alma mater, I went to NYU for grad school for, for acting. Yeah. They just announced that you have to get your booster shot because Omicron is coming. It's like Dark Side <laughs> from DC Comics, right. you know? 
And, 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 I, and I'm like, I just, I just keep saying, I keep trying to tell y'all, I, I tell you over and over again, you keep on complying, you keep on acquiescing to these demands, and they just gonna, they're going to keep pushing and keep pushing and keep pushing. Yeah. So you yeah. want to create a world where you need to take a shot every six months, just so you can go to the grocery store. I'm not trying to do that. So, yeah, yeah. so there's then my, a, my, oh, sorry, sorry, go ahead. There's a friend of mine about three years ago I was speaking to, and she was heading up a department in a bank called Behavioral Data. And I said, well, what's the aim of that? And she said, well, in the very near future, our, your, your financial data will be, um, um, what's the word, uh, will be connected to your uh, health, to your lifestyle, and to everything else. I said, well, how will that be work? She said, well, imagine you've got a loan. Let's say you've got a mortgage, you're buying a house. And through your spending, we find out that you drink quite a lot we will probably up your, the, the premium on your mortgage. We'll want more money quicker. What about, so, uh, so I said, what about health? Well, if we find out you've got cancer, you've got a bad back, well, same thing. Well, we will up the mortgage. We will up the premium. We will, uh, we will want our money back quicker or we just, or we will seize the assets quicker. That's what she said. Yeah. She, she said, well, so it will be real time um, loaning of money. So your, your credit card, you spend X amount, maybe more than you normally would, say it's Christmas. And then they find out maybe you lose your job or maybe that you've been unwell or that maybe you've been drinking a bit too much, partying a bit too much. Don't, don't go to the gym because your health, um, health club hasn't been renewed. They will look at your loan. They will look at your credit cards. They'll lower your limit and they will seize your assets quicker or demand to be paid quicker. She told me this three years ago. Well, there's a, there's a, um, the government in the UK have been using a, a, a team called the Behavioural Insight Team. Yeah. And the Behavioural Insight Team has been all about, and this is actually quoting from some of their documents, which is ramping up the fear. That's in the document. That's in the document. They actually yeah. use that expression. Um, and the, 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 the whole point has been to maintain this level of fear. Now, what we're looking at in the UK is this South African doctors who have been de dealing with Omicron right, you know, for years say it's, it's pretty much a mild cold. That's what it is. It doesn't really require any specialist treatment. Our, pre our pr prime minister said the other day, we're looking at, at an enormous spike <laughs> of Omicron, right? And I know exactly what that is. That means they're going to lock down in January. Yeah. That's what they're going to do. Yeah. And people do not understand. It's extraordinary. They don't, people don't join the dots. So you have in the UK, I don't know what it's like in America, you have a war on cash, for instance, that, they, that you have the, the idea being all the, all transactions will be digital. You won't be able to use cash at all. They will be able to turn you off. What does that mean? The state will be able to turn you off. They yeah. can turn your bank balance off. They can turn, they can stop you shopping. Yeah. They can tell you what where to shop. And, your, and they will know your movements because they will know exactly where you spend your money and how yeah. much you're spending, what you're spending it on. It's the same with the Vax Passport. The reason that's a bad idea and people are so thick they will say things like, well, I had to get a malaria jab, you know, jab when I went to India. Yes, of course you did, but it's not on your passport. It's on a separate piece of paper. It, it, it is not it's digitized. Digital, it is not, there's no interconnectivity with it. And once you put a chip in a passport, the government can put anything they want on it and you will never know. Yeah. You will never, ever know. And yeah. people have, I mean, it's extraordinary how dumb people are. It really is, you know, unless you grasp this fact yeah. and unless you understand that your privacy and your ability to lead your life without the government knowing everything you do, unless you, if you don't value that, then fine, go and live in China, I don't care. But if you value it, hold on to these very precious things like cash, like your anonymity, 
like freedom of choice, all that stuff is absolutely essential. And sadly, we have almost nobody in the House of Commons in this country right. over here that is exercised about preserving those fundamental truths. I was talking to a girl and I, and um, she said, well, they can't put they, they can't put what, just what they want on my passport because it's mine. It's, just, it's not yours. It's not your, it belongs to the Queen. It belongs to the Queen, love. <laughs> it's not your... No, it does got my name on it. It's not your passport. It belongs to the state. Exactly. It's not your property. Yeah. In the same way, if you cut up your passport, that's how you can get arrested because you're, 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 you're destroying a property of the state because it's not yours. Well, it's a little bit like... People don't get... I can't believe how people don't... No, this it's a little bit like buying a house in a mortgage. <coughs> yeah. Until you may pay the mortgage off, it's not your house. No, no. People don't really get that. People in the UK think the National Health Service is free. It is not free. We, we pay, pay for, for it. it. Yeah. Our um, taxes pay our for taxes it. Our taxes pay for it. So <coughs> there's a level of... I, I also think this is a personal thing of mine. Which you, you were talking earlier, Clifton, about arrows on the pavement and where to stand and all this kind of stuff. And I think this infantilization of people has been going on for years. Decades. It hasn't just happened in the last two years. It's been going on for years. And I, my personal thing is it sort of began with seatbelts, philosophically. Because when you buy a car, you buy the space inside the car. And once you allow the state into your space, which, you, which you've bought, it's your space, I think seatbelts are a good idea, I should say. But, but philosophically, what you do is you let the state into your space, you let the state tell you how to behave within your space. Once you cross that philosophical boundary, there's no end to what the state will do. The state will say, well, no, you can't smoke over there. Smoke over there. Actually, no, you can't smoke at all. We've decided you can't smoke at all. It's not a matter of choice anymore. It's, it's, it's the state telling you precisely where to stand, how to stand. You go to an ATM, there are two little footprints on the floor, as if you need guidance as to how to stand at an ATM. How do I stand? How there? do I stand? Because I normally stand on my hands when I, <laughs> when I go to the ATM. You know, so this infantilization of people and yeah. the, the continual deference to the state to make, to, to look after our safety, to keep us well, um, to tell us how to dress, to advise us what to eat, it is pathetic. Mm. And, it, and it turns an entire nation into children. Well, we've got this guy, a friend of ours runs a photo shop in the, in the local town, and he thinks this is all shit. We won't have anything to do with it. He won't play ball. And um, he, the council complained he hadn't put arrows on the floor. So he said, okay, I'll put arrows on the floor. About a week later, he took them up. He said, I hate them, but took them up. This woman work, walks into the shop. And he said, can I help you? Which way do you want me to walk? He said, out, I don't want you in my shop. That's the way I want you to walk. If you need arrows, you're not capable of buying anything. No, exactly. Because you're not adult enough. You so know. I, I, think it's a, I think it's a real... Man. Um, uh, when, when I was watching JFK talking about the moon, going to the moon, and him saying that we go there not because it's easy, but because it's difficult, it was a challenge. It was a, it was a, it was a um, it was it, it stirred the blood. It made even if you felt it was impossible, even if you felt that the odds were against it, it was it was a politician encouraging you to 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 excel, to be more than you actually currently were. What we have now is a is a collection of politicians who are. Seemingly obsessed with the idea of keeping you in your place, keeping you frightened, keeping you slightly paranoid, and encouraging you to always look to them for advice on your health and your fitness and everything else. Um, and what I really like about some of the southern states in America, particularly Texas and Florida and all that, is the, is the insistence on the individual, re continually reminding the individual that you finally are responsible for yourself. Yeah. If you want... If you want to stay healthy, then look into it. Don't 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 go to the doctor. Don't don't ask the state for advice on your health. There's lots of stuff you can Google. Do it yourself. If you want to stop smoking, do it yourself. 
it's I, I, I'm sorry, I just think it's we've gone down this kind of social welfare thing to such an extent we've all become children living in a, like Australia is just one vast kindergarten, <laughs> you know. The idea of personal responsibility has now become nothing more than a, a right-wing talking point to people. Um, I, will, I will say, I will I push back a little bit in terms of like of people being dumb. My, I, the thing I've been saying lately is that people are dumb, but they're not that dumb. But I would add to that, that the it, it seems to me that the only dumb people are the really highly educated ones right now. Yes. Because what I've actually been heartened by is, uh, I mean, you know, I... Most of the other artists in New York, um, they they allowed themselves to be to be deemed non-essential uh, by these ridiculous officials, and then they cried for the government to give them money uh, and pay them not to work. I, on the other hand, relocated and took up a, a, a job, a couple of jobs, and it was so. Um, I was so grateful to have that experience because even though I hated these jobs, I, I was also. Uh, working alongside night by night people who are like putting in ridiculous hours you know they have all these body aches they're tired they're exhausted but they're trying to work and improve their yeah. lives and they have but they also have an intuitive understanding of what is going on so yeah. many people i've talked to out you know down here in atlanta from uh from uh you know uber drivers to store clerks and uh you know security at nightclubs etc cetera, etc cetera. Um, people have an intuitive sense that it's not as bad as we're being told that it is, and they're behaving accordingly. That's why there's so much pushback against a lot of these mandates, because people yeah. understand that it's that people aren't, you know, if if there were like a, an Ebola outbreak or something, you had hordes and hordes of people who were shitting blood in the streets, you would obviously see a different response than the one yeah. you see now. And yeah. it and it seems that the only the only people who are really, really speaking generally, obviously, but the only people who are really freaked out about this are people who are just like, you know, think of themselves as super smart and informed. And, yeah. you know, they read the New York Times and, and the New York <laughs> Magazine and all this yeah. other stuff. And they, they drink, you know, they, they drink their craft beer with their pinky out and, yeah. and whatnot. You know, they, they go they go to yoga eight times, uh, you know, eight, eight days out of seven. Yeah. And, um, you know, but so, but the, the, the regular, like sort of middle-class working class person they they can they can smell a rat and they know and you know they've been out here working the whole time and they're still alive yeah. now you know they may not be they may not have a, a an equinox member membership or have peloton bikes in their in their in their you know luxury condos but um they they've gotten through this all right um so that was my only point of disagreement my my last question okay. is is um what so what what do you think the future is for the uk how do you guys get out of this um there's a big march this Saturday. Yeah. And I know I don't think marches change policy, but I think they change people. Uh, and that's a can have a snowball effect. Um, we have a couple of friends within government. They are very freaked out about the animosity being shown on social media because they read social media. They are addicted to it. Politicians and their advisors, they are addicted to it, <laughs> according to what we've been told by our friends. Uh, one's a press secretary um, within uh, parliament. And um, the animosity online is beginning to freak them out. So I think the, I think the UK is, is, is at a, becoming at a, is very nearing a tipping point. <laughs> it is quite pivotal. Yeah. And I'm still not convinced we're going to go full tilt tyrannical, but that's not to say we won't. I, I think between now and early spring is going to be a very interesting time in the UK. Um, 
I am concerned about the COVID passports. Um, I, I have a place abroad. I think that's going to get screwed. Um, and I shall have to look at back living in the UK again. Um, so I don't know, but I, I, I think there's a there's enough unraveling for the for the political class to be freaked out. There's a slight shift in some of the language in mainstream media. It's su it's subtle, but there's a shift. Yeah. And people who I knew at six months ago who were got to get my vax, got to do this. Now they're being told to get a booster. They're going. I'm done. Well, they're being told actually to get a booster because if you don't get the booster, the first two don't count. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's what being, that's <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what being told. Yeah, yeah. So they're being told if you want to carry on doing what you're doing, you've now got to get this third and fourth booster. And now there's it's leaked that there's going to be eight or whatever. Um, and they're now thinking, hang about. I did I did what you asked. You're now trying to fuck me. I'm done. Out, I'm out of here. And and I even had a GP. Uh, um, I won't say the name, but you know, um, guy who does my physio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His wife is a GP. And she came up to me and said, she said, I'm done. I told my patients I'm done. I'm not talking about this anymore. I'm getting on. I've got, I'm a doctor. I've got ill people to see. We're, I'm over this. And I think there's a lot of that beginning to happen. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah um, I think so so I, I think the UK is on a knife edge. I don't know where it's going to go. I hope, I hope it rebels and resists. But there's no guarantee of that. What we need, in a, in a, in, first of all, we need, um, <coughs> we need a, an amendment within our constitution uh, that allows us all to carry guns, because I think that's because really, <laughs> I think that's a really, really good thing. Your Second Amendment, man. Your Second Amendment. <laughs> one of the things I think, because I never understood that the Second Amendment. I could never. What is it with Americans and guns? I couldn't really understand it. But the founding fathers understood. I'm not saying that you know, sort of, you know, sort of assault weapons and all that. I'm not suggesting everyone should have an assault weapon in their house, but. What, I, what they understood was that governments can go rogue. That's yes. what can happen. And the government and its machinery can, can be the problem, not the solution. And the people need to defend themselves, possibly, against a rogue administration. Or, or have an option. Or have, or have the, the option. The mm. problem in, the, in, in Britain, and it's true across Europe, is that we are in the position now of, of being completely, <coughs> um, completely defenseless. Yeah. We have no way of defending ourselves. So I'm personally hoping that gradually, as it has, as has happened in Spain occasionally, that we get some support from either the military or the police. Yeah. Um, on an individual basis, not en masse, but on an individual basis, to start chipping away at this edifice that, that, that we're facing. Mm. Um, I know that the idiot Piers Morgan has got this thing about guns in America and he's got into, you know, he doesn't. He's a ridiculous He's man. a ridiculous And we can only apologize. We can only apologize. <laughs> you know. um, but uh, I think there's, there's, an there's an argument, obviously, to have a gun free society. I get that. But when governments go off piste, as, as, as ours has, and as it has in Australia and Canada, and the people need to need to be able to defend themselves effectively. Yeah. Um, and seeing and imagine and lighting a few candles is not going to do it. No. That's the truth. <laughs> <laughs> so there we are. <laughs> well, you know, uh, where can people uh, find you and keep up with you? On Twitter, we're at the Freds. Yeah. Because in the UK, we get called the Freds a lot. <clears throat> so that's just at the Freds. Um, Instagram is right said Fred official. Uh, Facebook is Facebook forward slash right said Fred, and um, there's right said Fred .com. Yeah, yeah. So we we are easily found. We're um, <clears throat> with all sorts of things, different things going on. We try to keep ourselves busy with other projects. We've got a new NFT platform. We've got a book coming out. Radio show. Uh, we've got a new radio show. We've got a new set, a new track coming out in February. So we're just trying to keep ourselves busy and not go insane. Yeah. And I'm sure you're obviously trying to do the same thing. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, yeah.
Yeah, I don't, I don't know how much I'm succeeding at the not being not <laughs> no. the same part, Wait, but, uh, we're in the same boat. We're in the same boat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs>